0: Brian, you referenced, you know, 2011 and how that team didn't get pushed around. That team also had incredible goaltending. That was also a huge reason that team won. So, you know, this team should have had great goaltending and they didn't. So, um, you know, and and that's another thing that came up in the press conferences yesterday was, you know, Sweeney and Montgomery were asked about uh, Allmark's injury and the decisions around playing him and all that. and Sweeney like Ulmark last week pushed back on the Kevin Weeks report that it was debilitating and painful. Um he said they got injury reports every day and Allmark was cleared to play every time they got those. Um so their stick, you know, Montgomery reiterated that like the the one t- it sounded like the one time that he considered, you know, going to swim in earlier was before game 6 and he, Montgomery did say he regretted not going to swimming earlier. And, you know, we had heard the, like, he looked in his eyes or whatever. He also said he had a conversation with Allmark. Um, and he was convinced that he was in, like, the right mental state to be able to bounce back from game five and that overtime turnover. Um, but, you know, and he said, like he said, it was more about that than physical. So they're they're sticking by that they don't think – whatever this injury was, they don't think it affected his play. I, I still don't think I fully believe that because I just didn't think Allmark looked like himself. And I think, you know, the physical side of it has to play some role in that. But, um, but yeah, that, and, and Montgomery, by the way, also tried to uh, move the bus off of uh, Bob Asenza too. And,
1: because said, you that know,
0: was something he got criticized for, yeah. And well, I mean, look, deserve it. So, like, he deferred to Asenza all year, said, you know, it's his decision. And so, yeah, so then when something goes sideways and people have a problem with the goaltending decision, yeah, they're gonna look at him and be like, wait, so is Montgomery just throwing goalie Bob under the bus? And you know, Montgomery clarified yesterday that, yeah, he relies on Ascenza a lot, but he's the head coach and the final call is his. So, he finally got that part of it right but like i definitely do think it was a misstep not to
2: say that earlier bridget the uh the last episode we did before we started recording you hadn't hopped on yet and it was just scott and i and there was like there was like a noise in the background of scott's uh, scott's, scott's house it was like a beeping sound like, like a garbage truck i was like scott what is that and without batting an eye he's like oh that's montgomery back in the back in the bus over goalie, goalie Bob. <laughs> Which, yeah. that, that was surprising to hear. I know he may not have meant anything by it, but it's definitely.
1: you probably didn't, but yeah. it also just it's it's like okay, so now what do you want? Like we we're supposed to be like this other guy who is like the mythical goalie Bob, who like none of us get to talk to, and like no, like nobody even probably knows what he looks like, bes- like we do, but like anybody when they're listening to his press conference, like goal, this mythical goalie Bob is just like a like an enigma. And it's like, okay, well, we're going to give him credit. We're also going to be like, I don't know. No, okay. It was goalie Bob. I do think goalie Bob probably had a lot of say in it, but once again, when I, like I said, with the Allmark thing, like Allmark can't be the one to tell you, Hey, I'm good. Put me in. And at the end of the day, if goalie Bob says, Hey, he seems okay. You can probably put him in. You still have to go. Okay. I'll take that into consideration, but I'm the head coach. And I have this other really good goalie right here. Um, So, and so the thing about the Allmark injury too, is that with the week's report, it like debilitating made me like the way that it was reported that way makes me think of like extreme pain, right? Like too much pain to paint, to play through. Um, And so I asked him, uh, you know, on, on like, in terms of like the level of pain, because he, he admitted it wasn't an injury, but it was uh what did he say? It was hurt, but not he said injured. He was hurt, yeah. Hurt but uninjured also implies pain, <laughs> like a, a fair amount of pain, right? So I said, "Well, what amount of pain was it that you were playing through? Like, is it was it worse than than other amounts of pain that you played through?" And he just looked at me and he said that's an interesting question or no, that's a, that's a tough question. And I know when he starts out with that's a, you know, whatever question I'm like, I, here we go. Um, But he looked at me and he goes, that's a tough question. And then for a split second, he looked like he was going to answer it, but then he just said, I was cleared, blah, blah, blah. He didn't want to say how much pain he was actually in. So that's the one thing we don't really know. Um, Was this like a pain management issue? Is that why when he was making certain movements, he looked like, a little bit off was it because all of a sudden he changes directions and there's like a like a split second of a lot of pain um that's what I don't know uh
2: so I want to I want to do a little bit of house cleaning before we sign off today because there are there were a couple of uh, transactions that the Bruins have with some some entry-level deals but before we get to that I wanted to ask you guys straight up have you lost trust in the Boston Bruins until you see them hoist the cup again, regardless of what roster they have, regardless of how they're playing in a regular season? Are you damaged internally to the point where you just don't, you don't, you don't trust this team until you see it. And I think the biggest thing that garners trust in a fan base is a team playing well at the right time, heading into the playoffs. But even if the Bruins are playing well at the right time, heading into next year's playoffs, if they make the playoffs next year, can you trust this team until you see a cup being hoisted again and a banner being raised? Probably not.
0: I mean, it—it certainly—it's—it is starting to feel a little bit like all those pre two thousand eleven years where it's like, hey, maybe they'll win around, and you know, I'll enjoy that. And anything on top of that's gravy. Like, you know, like I, I remember rooting for those teams where it's like. Yeah, like you know, you'll get your hopes up every now and you know, 04 or 09 where you're pretty excited about the team and you're like, "Hey, this team looks pretty good. They could do something." But then when they lose in the first or second round, you're like, "Yeah, same old." I'm like, yeah, "All right." And I, you do sense that like some of that is kind of returning in the fan base where, you know, 2011 like that that covered them for a while. You know, like there was a period after that where you expected more and that in part that makes, you know, 2013 and 19 and this year so much more painful, but you get enough of those disappointments again. And yeah, it's the mindset starts to shift back from, you know, we expect to win a cup to I don't expect anything and and whatever they give me, you know, just going to try to enjoy it while it lasts and I think that'll especially be true if, if Bergeron and Krejci do both retire. I think expectations go way down. And,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, me uh, trying to look for some silver linings, like at, in a way that can sometimes be more exciting. Like y- you, you know, like it. it maybe if, the, if they win like four years from now, like, I don't know, maybe that one's a, a little sweeter, like if you're not expecting, you're not going in with those expectations of like we should win. Um but that's uh you know that's stretching to try to find a to try to find a positive here.
1: Scott's killing me because everything he's saying to me sounds like what you say when you just went through like a tough breakup. And it's like, you know, maybe it'll feel just as it'll feel even sweeter in four years. When I find that right person, when I wasn't even looking for them, and when we didn't even know it was going to happen, it's going to feel that much sweeter. <laughs> That's what it reminds me of, and also like the baggage. Like the baggage is that, oh, I don't know. I can't. I can't let myself get hurt again. I don't know if I want to put myself out get out there and trust again. I don't know if I can trust this team again. <laughs> um, I, it's,
0: it's the it's the like bargaining. Yeah. Well, no, it's like- it. Ahead, I just muted myself.
2: That, that's too Brid- Bridget. You got to get one in. Scott, Scott Scott was so fired up. He was pressing all these buttons. But um, <laughs> you know, What I, what I was gonna say was like in, in typical Bruins fashion, though nobody this time last year they lost to the Hurricanes, and we were talking about Bergeron retiring, and and Krejci wasn't even on the team yet, and we were t- we were talking should this team should this team focus on on rebuilding, and then over the course of the summer. Bergeron resigned. Of course, the coaching change happened too. Bergeron comes back, Krejci comes back, and then there's news about well, McAvoy's out until December, and Marshian's out until December. Actually, that happened before I think Bergeron resigned. So, so we're sitting here having podcasts about potentially no Bergeron, potentially no McAvoy, potentially no Martian, at least for the first half of the year. We were Crecci talking wasn't about wasn't a thing, wasn't a thing, and we're sitting here saying damage control, like, and then all of a sudden Bergeron signs Krejci signs and it's the chatter is like okay tread water to start the year nobody expected this so Bru- I guess what I'm saying is Bruins fans weren't anticipating this type of run and then in, in typical Bruins fashion they come out of nowhere and still all this hope from nowhere everybody gets Bruins fever again and then <laughs> and then uh you know they had to take us off life support there in the first to, round to, to,
1: to finish up the uh, dating analogy Brian it seemed too good to be true. And it was.
2: It was, but but I would say I would say to tie this into a couple of a, a little bit of the future, because what Scott's talking about is true. Like there are not every postseason is created dif- is created equal, and it has to do with expectations of your fan base. For example, the Bruins lost in round one, game seven this year, and it feels like it is it is an empty pit in everybody's stomachs, especially because of the expectations and the roster that this team had. Same result in 2008 was the kickstart of 15 years of excellence for this Bruins team. And that was a a round one, seven-game series. But that Bruins team went to seven against Montreal. That Bruins team squeaked into the playoffs. It was fresh off of two or three missed postseasons. And that team just had so much grit. And they tried their best, but nobody expected much of them. But they worked their ass off and they gave us a they gave us an incredible series, a couple of great games at home. Game three, Mark Savard in overtime, game six in Boston with the five-four win really, really brought life back into the city for playoff hockey. So if, if 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 there's a lack of expectations and then you start to bring in some young some young talent and you have a couple of playoff runs where you just you see a team growing, I think that's the excitement Scott's alluding to, where you can kind of see something build build again and resurrect itself from the from the ground up. Not the ground up, but a little bit and that leads us into just a little bit of the future of the Bruins and how Kim Neely and Don Sweeney alluded to the fact of, look, this team has some, some financial constraints going into next year. There's going to be some UFAs that, or just free agents in general, that I just, we just, we don't think they'll be back and the Bruins are going to have to try to maybe find a couple of trade partners. The Bruins might be active at the, at the draft this year with maybe some trading, trading away some, some key pieces to some teams that are maybe a piece or two away in their mind. And, and, of course, the Bruins also had a couple of uh, signings this week for some younger players, if you guys wanted to dive into into that real quick. But it's just uh, the Bruins, that they've acknowledged that they're they're retooling on the fly, just to put it lightly. And how much they're retooling depends on some personnel decisions this summer. But maybe, you guys, your opinions on Loi and – and uh, was it uh, po- Poitra? Is that how you say it? Yeah, Poitra. So, yeah.
0: So yeah, so they signed Lori to his two year entry level contract, which was expected because he had initially just signed an amateur tryout agreement with um, with Providence. So basically, that just means like he's not he wasn't burning a year of his ELC this year, and there was going to be the ELC to come after the season. So no surprise there. Um, I do you think it's worth? you know because i feel like every time a player signs an elc like this comes up as to how it works is doesn't mean he's in boston next year and you know it's a nine hundred twenty five thousand dollars nhl cap hit but that's only if he's in boston if he's in providence he's not caught he's not you know almost a million dollars against the bruins cap so don't worry about like Oh, they only have $5 million in cap space and they're spending like a million of it on, on this kid. No, not, not the case. Um, and then Poitras signing his ELC, you know, good to like officially get him in the pipeline, but ultimately doesn't mean a ton. Like he can still go back to the OHL next year. Um, or they, you know, perhaps they decide he is ready for the pros, but I, I kind of doubt that I, I feel like he's probably going back to the OHL. Um, he had a great season. He was, you know, he was their second round pick last year, um, led the OHL in assists this year, like, had a really strong year. So something some to be excited about there. You know, there there are some young, exciting players, or, you know, at least potentially that we could see battling for roster spots next year. Like, I don't I don't expect Lorai to start the year in Boston, but I mean, who knows, maybe he has a really good offseason camp preseason and and he does find himself competing for a spot or at least shows enough where you're like, okay, maybe a couple months into the season, he's ready. Um, You know, Georgie Merkulov had a really good year in in the AHL this season. I'll be interested, interested to see if he is ready to battle for a roster spot. Obviously there's, you know, there's the guys who have already uh, gotten some NHL time, you know, like a Mark McLaughlin, um you know we'll see if where oscar steen is like you know i don't obviously he got i got like a game or two this year but Mm -hmm. um you know johnny beecher does he have a shot like is he ready to compete for a a fourth line job so uh fabian myself is he gonna be ready to compete or does he need a little more ahl seasoning like those are all those are all like guys to you know it's a long ways off now and I don't know if people are really like ready to turn the page, but you know, those, those guys that are going to be fun to watch in training camp and preseason, like they're, they're going to get a shot for sure, because this team, you know, the last couple of years we've gone into preseason been like, well, they have 13 forwards and seven defensemen under NHL contracts. There's, there's no room for a kid. Like that's not going to be the case this year because they just don't have the cap space to have all those NHL veterans signed. So Someone's going to get a chance, and then, you know, I think all, all those guys are going to be right there and have, have an opportunity to battle.
1: Yeah, and, and this is for a future podcast, but it's also going to be interesting if Bergeron and Krejci do leave the rotation to center. Like, does Frederick go to center? Do they, Do you know, do they need – what do they do at center? Like, obviously, Zaka's a natural person to move into the, you know, Bergeron's role, but Frederick also talked – um in the exit interviews about how excited he would be if he got to play center. I don't know. He's funny. He kills me because he probably shouldn't have answered it like that. But he was just like, yeah, no, sure. Great. I would love to. <laughs> like, no, but you we probably should have said was no, we hope they don't leave. But <laughs> um anyway, those are those are things for a, a future episode because we have a lot of summer, not a lot of hockey <laughs> to talk about. Obviously playoffs are still going on right now. We'll get into some of that too. Um but we were thinking to have Mark Diver on soon. Hopefully Um, he's one of the guys who I would say he's probably the top guy in terms of reporting on the Providence Bruins and um, Rhode Island hockey in general. So he's a guy that has seen some of these guys play um, and has some insight into the pipeline and what they might be able to do, who's ready. Um, So we'll definitely get him on uh, during the off season at some point too.
2: Yeah, absolutely, and and Mark obviously, as you said, is very knowledgeable in all things Providence and, and the Bruins pipeline. And you know, if you look at the if you look at the Bruins uh, free agents this summer, I I mean, do you guys have any any guesses as to you think they're all pretty much gone? You think who do you think? Well, I mean, because I, I I get the sense that all the players you guys have mentioned down in Providence, like the Beechers, the Steens. Lauco's, Lysell's, McLaughlin's, uh, Merkulovs. Like there's gonna be guys that are gonna be gunning for for opportunities. And I and I think that's gonna be because as Scott, as you mentioned, there's not gonna be 13, 14 guys under NHL contract. So that's that's gonna be the case because certain players are gonna be not re So like the like Nick Felino, is he gone? I mean, no sex gone.
1: It. I have so many thoughts on this that it's definitely not gonna fit into the last like five minutes of our recording here. <laughs> like i have thoughts okay. about felino it's just maybe maybe okay. that's our next maybe topic. for a rainy
2: day maybe save it for no, a rainy no or day. maybe
1: just our next recording we'll start out we'll pick off there pick up there
2: yeah that's what i mean yeah okay all right good yeah. good. good that's a good tease
0: we've, we've we've been told that the skate podcast doesn't get an off season so
1: <laughs> yeah we don't nope guys we're and no vacation scott don't head over to scott we'll,
0: we'll we'll see we'll see about that
2: well, what we what we can say is that changes are coming, and we will be here all all summer to to react and document and predict and all those good things. So, with that said, Bridget and Scott, was there anything else we didn't cover from the press conferences that you wanted to bring up before we go? I know we're a little long, but being a season-ending podcast, if we go a little long, it's fine. But was there anything else we we haven't touched on?
0: Um, I asked Neely, you know referencing like 2014-15 when they obviously had a lot of cap issues and bonus overages then from McGinley and that resulted in like you know basically like a two-year reset um and I asked him like you know did he think something that'd be possible or is the goal to like to remain a contender um he said said you know the goal is always to be competitive and that you know, we got a glimpse of what the team could look like if Bergeron and Krejci retire in games three and four, and you know, said there was like a lot to like there. Said like game three was their best game of the series. Um, so I think from that perspective, like at least based on that, it, it doesn't sound like they would love the idea of like having to take a big step back for a couple years. Like I think, I think they feel like there's still enough here to to at least be a playoff team and then see what happens. Um, so that, and then one other thing that I just made note of was Sweeney, when he was talking about the defense, um, mentioned McAvoy, Lindholm and Carlo as the foundation. And that might be because they're the three, you know, locked up for several more years, but just thought it was notable because like, I think, um, You know, people always want to throw Carlo into trade rumors. And Kevin Paul DuPont, in the the, I don't know if you guys saw this in the Sunday notes in the Globe this past week, even brought up the possibility of trading McAvoy, which I think is insane. And uh, Razor and I
1: talking about that on Sunday skate. Yeah.
0: Razor and I covered it the final segment of of Sunday skate for the year. But um, yeah, I mean, so just the fact that you know Carlo was included there, I think, is fairly notable.
2: And Grizzlik not being included in that, is also
0: notable. He, he he did also have a, some really good things to say about Grizzlick though, because he was asked he was asked specifically about him, even you know separate from
2: the defense as a
0: whole, and um, said you know he thought Grizzlick had a really good year, and they knew there would be you know probably some rotation with after the Orlov trade and that he tried to make it sound like, you know, that didn't necessarily reflect how they feel about Grizzly. They, they know he has good chemistry with McAvoy and, you know, I do think Grizzly's like really interesting because we all figure they're going to trade away someone on defense. They almost have to, or at least have to be trying. But if you're not bringing back Orlov or, you know, signing or trading for another like bona fide top four guy, I mean, there is something to the fact that Grizzlik has proven over many years that he can play with McAvoy or with Carlos. So, you know, like, there's – I guess what I'm getting is, like, you could do a lot worse than having Grislyk in your top four. And, you know, if if you trade him away and you don't have a, a plan behind him, like, I, I know Lori eventually you hope is that, but for next year, like – you you can do worse than Matt Grizzly and and they might if they trade him away. So you know for all the Grizzly critics, like just just beware.
2: And also, there's no as we discussed last episode, and this is this is before the Bruins have somehow received any future draft collateral through some sort of trade or anything like that. But the, but there's no there's no purpose for the Bruins to suck next year because they don't have a first round pick. So there's right. there, there there is no interest for the Bruins in, in and Oh
1: that happened too. We got the, the was that yesterday, two days ago, the draft um yeah. lottery. Yeah. So Chicago.
0: How convenient. Oh
1: Gen- yeah. generational
0: talent and Connor Berdard goes to a major market.
1: And by the way, yeah, and you know, should have went to Anaheim, but um they sold. I I had read somewhere that in the next 24 hours they sold Five million dollars worth, over five million dollars worth of season tickets because people want to have those locked in, uh, anticipating Connor Bedard being good um, and making that team more fun to watch for a while.
2: Yeah, I mean, obviously the the Chicago organization has a couple of black marks on on their name the last couple of years off the ice, but I I, I don't know. Do you guys want to see Connor Bedard in in Columbus? I'm all set with that. If the ducks got if the if the ducks go mighty again, that'd be cool. But <laughs> I don't mind them in the, in a big market. It's probably good for the league, no?
1: Yeah, it is. It is. It is. Uh,
2: what?
0: So on like selfishly, what I wanted to see, even though on the ice, like it wouldn't be good for the Bruins. But I wanted to see him, him in either Montreal. Philly or De- in either Philly <laughs> or Detroit, and get him get him in the East, like see him against the Bruins more. Um, and having one of those markets because I I didn't want to see Chicago get rewarded. Like you mentioned the, you know, all the off ice issues they've had with with the whole sexual abuse case and all that, and I they don't deserve it. Like I I don't I don't want good. I feel like like the, the, there should be some period of time where they just like they deserve to suck for a while. Like they deserve to be punished for that and. Now, now they're not like they they got rewarded they totally tanked they trade away all their good players and they get rewarded for it and like now they're gonna be you know right back to you know exciting relevant team on t v all
1: the time and
0: I didn't want that for them I wanted Chicago to suffer a little longer
1: karma doesn't exist
2: well <laughs> no the uh the, the eastern conference got the eastern conference got uh whatever it's been, 19 years of – 18, 19, 20 years of of Crosby and Ovechkin. So now the West is getting their McDavid. couple of decades of McDavid. and Yeah. McDoward.
1: Have fun, guys. So, <laughs> Have fun. Yeah. Either way, if it was going to be Anaheim or Chicago, it wasn't going to – you know, it's not like – I mean – the Canadians were in that top five range. It's like, Oh crap. If just some craziness happens. And he ends up with the Canadians. Like if somehow they get the first lottery ball, um, that would be bad for the Bruins. Cause that's not just conference. That's in the your same division. And, uh, but that did not happen. So luckily the Canadians weren't so bad this year that yeah, they but- had a higher chance of getting,
0: the, the Canadians did the they did their tank all wrong. They yeah. sucked in the year where the there wasn't a good number one overall pick. Yeah. They end up with Slavkovsky, who you know we'll see. Like he obviously there's still time for him to develop into a really good player, but by by no means is he the anywhere close to the prospect that Connor Bedard is. No,
1: but that's that works out in the Bruins' favor
2: <laughs> for now. All right, guys. Any final thoughts? Topics? No. No. Bridget I'm good all right well that'll do well, it for wait
1: the- wait plug so we're going to be doing because it's summer we're going to be trying to do two episodes a week but um we'll be trying to do a mailbag episode um maybe once a week or, or every once in a while so that means um any questions we have Scott what's the email to send them to
0: skatepod at wei.com that's
1: gmail.com
0: at dot okay.
1: okay. All right. Skatepod at W E
0: If you send them to gmail.com, I don't know who's getting those. Maybe, maybe <laughs> yeah. they'll answer as well. Maybe though.
1: we need to make another, <laughs> um, and or comment on our Twitter or our YouTube with anything you, um, want to ask or want us to talk about. Um, we have gotten a lot of comments on YouTube. So I'm going to go through some of those only the nice ones. Um, and kind of pick up some of the, some of the topics that people have been, um, you know, having little conversations in there about.
0: We can, we could do a mean comments episode.
1: Yeah, no, we, <laughs> we have a few. Bridget's we, we like, have a nah, few. I'm good. I'm good <laughs>
2: um, but yeah, uh, yeah. So like, I, like, yes, everything Bridget just said, we echo Scott's last idea. I, mean, I, know, I can go for a couple of laughs, but no we we'll probably we probably won't uh, <laughs> or I think
1: that might be more like crying but sure <laughs>
2: uh, so anyway, hopefully hopefully these last couple episodes uh, have been therapeutic for not just us but for everybody watching and listening. It's been just really <laughs> not 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 what we expected this summer to uh, to start or this spring to start off so we we were expecting to go at least somewhat into late spring but in any event, Thank you all for listening. Uh, Of course, any Bruins news throughout the summer, breaking news we will cover. And as Bridget mentioned, we'll be doing two episodes a week. So thank you all for listening. and We will talk to you very soon.